podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all the 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. I say us because my good friend Jamie Steyer is back on the show. As is usual for Mondays, Andy Mitt's not here today. He is on vacation for the next two weeks. So, Jamie, uh, you're going to have to step it up and finally bring your A game to this. <laughs> yeah, I've been holding out, um, and now with, uh, with no Andy to overshadow me, I'm ready to break out and show everyone my real potential, which may end up being fairly disappointing. We'll see what happens. All right. I have medium hopes. Uh, that's just where I put things. Perfect. So that I'm, I'm less disappointed. I'm disappointed less often, to be honest. I don't, I, you know, <laughs> if you have high expectations, that's great. Just be prepared to be more disappointed. If you set them low, well, you're just, you know, a pessimist and you probably aren't going to like anything anyways, but if you set them right about medium, healthy medium i like healthy medium healthy medium okay uh so jamie look when i was prepping for you and i for this week i really wanted to be like you know what let's not talk about covid19 let's not talk about protests let's not talk about the state of things and let's just have some fun let's be lighthearted and fun and we're going to here in a minute but all of that shit hit the fan when (laughs) usc kind of rolls back their original plan for the fall semester and goes, we're going to primarily have school online. Our students' classes will primarily be online. And while the word primarily is a very key word, in lawyer speak, that means that there are loopholes with which to jump through to still be able to do things like college athletics. Um, the, the good vibes we've been feeling for a little while about college football is going to happen this fall you might want to roll back just a <clears throat> just a smidge, just a smidge. Yeah. And I realize this is not a Big Twelve specific topic, but um, you know, before before we got talking, Jamie, you made a you made a really good point about you know there's been a lot of talk of how important college football is 
to college athletics. It it pays the bills. I mean, it, it does. Okay. Mm-hmm. They bring home the bacon. They make sure that everything else can can afford to run. And you've started to see more questions and rumblings about football in the spring. And while that would be that's nice, and being able to have football in the spring means we can still do things, not having football in the fall doesn't mean it won't affect other sports as well. Yeah, so the the talk that we were having is um, you fall into this issue of even if you are operating under the assumption of spring football, say that like we were saying the worst happens and we can't we can't do fall football. They just decide it's too risky, it's not happening, you know, say that we see increased restrictions in states that I mean like you said, this is, I mean, coming based off of information coming out of USC, but it's not a specific issue to USC. I mean, like I said, I'm here in Ames and we're seeing a significant spike in Story County and that's prior to, which is where Iowa State is located. So that's prior to students fully returning to campus. So this isn't an issue that's exclusive to California. So it's very valid to kind of explore those options in other areas. So say that our football gets postponed to spring. Well, there's truly nothing in place that guarantees that that still happens. So going forward, that means that you're putting a lot of pressure on that season to happen. So say that you're looking at it and saying, well, we're planning on spring football, but you know, we can only have a real, you know, 50% shot at that actually happening. Well, that means that there's a 50% shot that your big moneymaker doesn't happen. So what does that mean for all of the other events where you're operating at a deficit? You know, you're talking basketball, say that there's not even fans at basketball. Because if you can't have outdoor football, how are you going to have fans in a basketball stadium? So say that you don't even have the basketball income, say that you have your non-revenue sports, say that you're having, you know, things like, I mean, obviously I am the absolute biggest champion for Olympic sports. I love volleyball. I love tennis. I love wrestling, things like that. But the fact is that it is significantly on the backs of football and also, you know, basketball, that those things are happening. So say that you don't have football happening on time, you have no guarantee that the revenue needed to make those sports happen is ever even going to come. Because if you have those sports seasons happening normally, and then all of a sudden spring football has to get pushed back or something happens there, you're you're just in too much of a deficit for them to even risk it in some cases, I would think. Yeah, because then you're not only looking at you've you've spent the money on these other fall sports and winter sports, and you're canceling spring stuff again. You're having to, we're mm-hmm. just we're just canceling it to get go, and and that's football. Football has to be played like it just has to. Like yeah. I, I don't know, I, I hate being that way, but it has to be played um, for athletic directors to not athletic uh, departments to not shut down. It has to be played. For better or for worse, that's just the way that it's financially set up right now. You can have all sorts of pitches of, oh, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? You know, you can have all sorts of ideas that you could study, that you could propose. But the way that things are lined up right now, without that, you that's just the way that it is right now. And so, I mean, you can make whatever arguments on whether that's right or whether you know, there's other options, but you can't institute a new policy in the time it would take to make it work. Like, that's just the way it is. 
and look, you've already seen some, I think it's, it's all the, uh, JUCOs in, in Arizona have canceled their season. Langston university in Oklahoma, who is an NAIA school. And I understand that, but they have canceled fall sports. Some period. D3 here in Iowa have as well. So, and you can say, well, that's D3 and that's NAIA. It doesn't matter. Okay. That, that, that doesn't matter. This they're isn't just operating on a thinner margin. So they're being proactive. I mean, it right. doesn't mean that they're on that. It doesn't mean that they have different information. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, any more cautious. It's just that they, they literally don't have the cushion to wait longer that some of these bigger schools do because they have more resources. That's Correct. the only difference. Correct. So it got me to thinking, um, this conversation we've been having, um, we talked about fans and stands before and, and whether or not to have them. And I, I I keep coming back around to why I think it's a really stupid idea to even try. And I understand the money lost from ticket revenue. But I was listening to the Solid Verbal, and they, they I forget what the point was, but it brought the idea to my head that, you know, there's going to, we, we just don't think this season's going to happen the way it's supposed to. doesn't matter, even if it happens in the fall, the notion that every team is going to play twelve games, and getting well, look like how close we are to September and, and 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 week zero, the notion that those games are going to happen is seeming less and less and less likely. Mm-hmm. Having fans in the stands, selling those tickets, making those things—one of the, the 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 things that keeps getting talked about is the logistics nightmare of trying to change the way college football season operates. Right? Mm-hmm. Having football, having fans in the stands just makes that more complicated. And I'm to the point now where I'm going. We realistically um, could have back to the the point of if we do have football in the fall, you could see schools not play. Um, having fans and stands, you got to be able to sell those tickets. You want to cancel those right away? No, I just I think you need to start. I think you need to start making very difficult decisions now that will allow you flexibility come September. And I understand Absolutely. that it's still two months away, guys. That's not that far. Okay, that's not that far. And yes, things can change in the positive again. But I don't think it's going to because I still see too many people who can't bother to wear masks, want to gather in giant groups, want to do all the things you're supposed to not do to help make sure we have college football. Thanks to everybody who can't be bothered to wear a mask outside. And if you think that's political, it's not political. It's just friggin' common decency. I mean, because the, the issue is that there... There's no one saying that this isn't still an incredibly fluid situation. Like sure. everyone agrees with that, saying that there's constant changes. The issue is that there's been constant changes since March and overwhelmingly they haven't been good. Like in the next two months, people aren't just going to magically start listening to science. Like we've waited for that to happen as a society for years. And as much as I wish that having the carrot dangling of saying, if you wear masks, it's more likely we have sports. It just doesn't work. Like as much as I wish it would, and as much as logically you would think it should work, it just doesn't. And so to have like this notion that, well, we should just plan for the best and then we'll figure it out if that's not the case. Like, that's not the way that athletic departments are overwhelmingly operating to begin with. Like, you see a lot of them talking about contingency plans, things like that. 
but as of right now, it's mostly behind the scenes. I think that those things will start kind of coming out of the shadows pretty rapidly here because it's just, there's not a good prognosis. And hey, maybe coming out and saying like, well, here it is, like, this is our doomsday plan for sports. Like, this is where, this is what it's come to. The outlook is pretty terrible. Like, maybe the doom and gloom will influence people to be a little bit more responsible. I'm no. not counting on it, but, no, no. but, <laughs> we're, we're dealing best with case, maybe. About... <laughs> it's just, they're not going to, it's not going to change their mind. It's just going to make them angry that people just don't listen to their incorrect viewpoints, despite the fact that they have zero information outside of whatever very narrow echo chamber they get their information from. Look, I just, can we, I am, first off, planning for the for the best scenario is the dumbest thing you can possibly do. You have to have a worst case scenario plan and you have to put things in place to, to make sure that that's right. You have to have those things, okay? You can't avoid them. I think we all have a pretty good idea if there's a reason, you, there's a reason that you put things in place that you might not need right now so that it's there when you need it. Okay. The idea of getting rid of things because it costs money, um, then the time comes that you need it and it's not there and you look like an idiot or you should look like an idiot um, because you should have been aware that sometimes things are going to happen that you can't predict. Be prepared for them. So my whole thing at this point is if we want to have a college football season in the fall, start preparing to, to adjust it to, to, to account for things. Be able to – you're going to have to throw schedules out. out. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to almost just tell you need to call the FCS schools and be like, you guys, can you afford to test your players often enough to be able to have you come to our campus? No, then we need to figure out how to reschedule this game to a later date to save some money. We're real sorry, but we can't we can't justify having a an FCS team who can't afford to test their players on a regular basis come to our university and put our our football team at risk. And potentially, uh, you know, the entire season, frankly, with I yes. mean, with how long things can take to develop with how long things you can see symptoms like it's just not worth it and I mean the thing is that no one's saying that we're implementing permanent changes like based on most of recorded uh scientific history like there's gonna be a vaccine and a good treatment eventually Mm -hmm. but for a year or two like yeah sports are gonna look really weird and if you told me right now like if I could sign a contract right now that said you get a season you get to play 80 percent of your games and there's no fans in the stands i would probably sign it because that seems like a pretty optimistic view right now you tell me that we're going to play nine game schedules um and we're going to adjust the schedule we understand the logistics that would be difficult month by month to account for when teams get the virus and we can shift things around it will be insane. It will not work perfectly in any, every spot. It will have moments where it doesn't work at all. Um, it will be ugly. But you have to ask yourself what kind of person you are right now when it comes to stuff like this. Are you a all or nothing where it has to be perfect? It has to be the way it's supposed to be. We have to be able to play our normal number of games and have a national champion like we always do with the playoff. Or do you just want to be able to have some college football and say, it's weird. It's unusual. It's maybe not the best product on the field. It's but it's still football. I, like I just even even with everything going on, like if you think college football this season is going to be, look like it's supposed to, 
It's not. Like I, I again, solid verbal. Great point they made of coaches being like, you, you, the player, and I actually think they were quoting Lincoln Riley as saying like, the the fans aren't going to know a difference, but coaches are going to see it, and the play this year is going to be sloppy. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to see this is a season, like this is a season where you're going to see more upsets. Week one, if week one happens, is going to be wild. Like there are going to be weird oh, yeah. outcomes. Um, you can't predict things this season based off of normal. I just, I, I just want football. Like to the point where. I just, I just want football. I think we yeah. all do. I think we just. I mean, want I've football. been, I've been watching the TBT, the basketball tournament, oh, since yeah. yesterday because it's live sports, and it also illustrates an issue where you know a huge part of the issues that we're likely going to be seeing for football is the sheer numbers involved. You know, mm-hmm. it's not something that you can have them on you know, one floor of a building and just have them isolated. You know, you've got hundreds of people involved at every level. Like the basketball tournament, they have them all quarantined. They have their little bubble and no one leaves it. And, you know, that's that's all fine and dandy. But when you scale that up with the size of football teams and then intermingling because they're playing each other, it's like it just adds another layer. You know, if, if the – the biggest revenue sport was basketball. You know, you'd you'd have a different situation because it's just a smaller test group. You know, it's a smaller, more easily managed thing. But you're starting with the big one. It all comes down to the biggest as far as people, the biggest as far as attendance, the biggest as far as numbers. Like, it's just you don't get to casually scale up you don't get to learn as you go because you don't have really in in pretty much any case you don't have smaller sports where you get to learn from your mistakes like it's the big one right away yep yeah point is everybody wear your mask (laughs) maintain social distancing as best as you can Stop being an idiot, and and don't just wear your mask when you're supposed to, like in places where you're required to. Like, just do it, just do it, okay? That's much easier the more that you wear it. Like, I have I have like three. I've got a solid gray, I've got a green one with dinosaurs, and I've got an Oklahoma State one in the mail on the way to me. So, like, I've I'm gonna I'm gonna go invest in some more here pretty quick. So we're has some, uh, has some, and the OSU one is a bandana. So, just, to, just oh, have fun with it. Have very with it. cool. It's a bandana with Pistol Pete's uh, mustache where <laughs> your nose goes. So. Next level. I'm just, now I need one with like a side beak to compete. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'm sure it good. exists. I, if not, uh, if you My happen next. to print things, uh, let's get some of those and get those on the market because I'm pretty sure we could sell them like hotcakes. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's move on to some more fun things. Um, before we talk about our favorite things in college football, basically the things we're most looking forward to seeing again, uh, shout out to Oklahoma and to Kansas. Big recruiting weekend for both of those schools. OU landing uh, Caleb Williams, quarterback, class of 2021. Uh, I think he's the number one quarterback in the class. He's the second highest rated quarterback signee ever for Oklahoma. Guys, let's just understand this. Lincoln Riley is a top five coach in college football. 
Forget the fact that he is the best coach in the Big 12. He is a top five coach in college football, and not just on the field, but in recruiting. It's I don't know how I don't know how the rest of the Big 12 is going to keep up unless they start doing things differently. Look, I'm an Oklahoma State fan. I'm I'm stuck here with Mike Gundy, who, as we know, parent, who's we've been arguing about his you know recruiting. Now we know he doesn't build relationships with his players. Yeah, that's probably going to also carry over into the recruiting aspect. Like it just, guys. It, I don't I don't know how I you're going to need a fluky year at this point. Because we, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm not trying to be like, other teams aren't good or can't have good seasons or compete or win the Big 12. Like, it's it's going to happen. But I don't think Big 12 teams outside of Oklahoma should even consider trying to play for national championship because OKU dominates the Big 12 and they go to the playoff and get dominated by the other teams. So if you want to know where the rest of the Big 12 stands, um, I just... Uh, it just seeing this, it's it's both awe inspiring and just like doomsday scenario for everyone else in the Big Twelve. A little bit terrifying. Oh, uh, uh, I almost didn't want to talk about. It. I was like, this is just gonna. I just, but, but I mean, purely shout out props. Lincoln Riley knows what he's doing, guys. He's landing top level quarterback talent, and here's the crazier thing about it: he brings these guys in, and if he gets somebody better, he has no problem playing them and letting that guy walk away. Like we're seeing it all the time. I just, it's, the Big 12, you better be ready because it's, it's not, this is, this is not, this is not going to stop. And we can laugh about OU's performances in the playoff and we can talk about how their defense is. If Alex Grinch figures it out, it, it, we might have a Clemson in the ACC scenario. And I'm not saying the Big 12 is as bad as the ACC is right now. But we might have a Clemson in the ACC kind of situation going on for the next however long Lincoln Riley wants to be in charge of Oklahoma. We finally start getting it together at Ames, and they've got like the makings of just an absolute dynasty elsewhere. And I'm just like, come on, man. Can't hey, catch a break. OSU gets Mike Gundy, and Oklahoma has, between Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley, the like most successful era of OU football ever in the same <laughs> There's state. probably an added layer of a little bit of bitterness there. <laughs> it's, just, it's just worse. Uh, like I just said, let's shout out to Kansas. Uh, this is awesome. Four-star uh, wide receiver Keon Coleman, who picked Kansas over Oklahoma, by the way, uh, out of Louisiana, is the highest ranked recruit in 24-7's like, ranking ever that Kansas has ever landed. So since 24-7 started ranking players and tracking that stuff. This is the highest ranked, highest rated player Kansas has ever landed. Props to Les Miles. He's doing what we thought he would do, which was, I don't think he's a guy who's going to make Kansas into a big time winner, but I think he's the guy who's going to set up the next guy. You, Absolutely. He's done a good job with your, uh, I love Brett Dearman as the offensive coordinator. Les Miles is bringing in talent to Kansas. Okay. Not a miracle worker, but making good moves. And it's again, it's if you all, it's all relative, right? Like I think Kansas was better last year than they have been. Yes, they won three games. Yes, they got blown out in games. I understand all that. I'm not saying Kansas is going to a bowl game in the next couple seasons. What I'm saying is that better is all relative. It's relative to oh, yeah. what you were, and Kansas was better last year. And I think they can if they if they. I've said this before. If they win three games this year. That is an improvement because of some of the things they lost. I just, 
I think what Les Miles is doing is what we wanted him to do, which is set it up for the next guy. Someone young, exciting, can come in and be innovative. I don't know if that's, you know, literally just Brett Dearman ends up taking over. I don't know. But Les Miles is doing what we thought he would do, which is making Kansas better. They're not going to a bowl game this year. They're not going to a bowl game next year. <laughs> Maybe in three years. That's We'll see. But not even going to get into that. But no, <laughs> Andy would be like, oh, yeah, in two years. Let's get into it. But <laughs> a nine-win season and be like, Andy, slow your roll. Um, but, I mean, he's doing what we wanted him to do. He's making Kansas better. And landing a player of this caliber, I think, is a big deal. Now, of course, with recruiting, it ain't over until his signature signed. Uh, and that's a long ways off to December. And that doesn't mean that, oh, you won't come back around and try and lure away. But for Kansas, this is a big deal. And I do hope that, for Kansas' sake, I hope he sticks with the program. I hope he signs. I hope he's. I hope he ends up being everything that they hope he want that he can be, um, and can be a piece of helping Kansas get back to, not being the just like dumpster fire. Doesn't do justice to how bad Kansas football has been. You're not wrong. Being being the one to like go and be the big one there, like being one of the people that helps to like shift a culture for like a very specific type of person and a very specific type of player is like a very exciting opportunity. So if that's like this kid's thought, if he decides like, yeah, that's what I want to do and he sticks with it and shows up there and makes a really big positive difference. Like that's, that's pretty cool. Agreed. I love that kind of stuff. Like I like guys who are like, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to be a trend swept setter. Um, Okay. So Jamie, Let's end this on a positive note, both for our own just personal, like, mental well-being and psyche. And just to, and, you know, it's bad news first, good news last. Why would you, why would you the take reward the reward for first? sticking through it, yeah. Why would you ever be like, good news and bad news? Give me the good news first. No, 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 you take the bad news, get it out of the way, and then have the good news to end on. You want to end on Wash the, the sour taste out of your mouth. That's right. Okay. So let's do this. Jamie, um, give me one thing about college football that you were most looking forward to when it oh, does return. I love um like the non-toxic aspects of rivalry. Like there's a significant portion of people that take it way too far and we're not going to talk about those people cuz it's literally not even worth like spending the time on because it's just absolutely insane. But like for context, I an avid Iowa State fan, like raised in Ames, family in the athletic department, worked in the athletic department myself, and marrying an avid Hawkeye. And like, as much as that seems like uh, something that I never would have done when I was younger, I was kind of, I kind of blew my own self away. But it's also very fun. Like you get the fun parts of it without the like, again, the toxicity that people get when it's not people they actually care about. So you get to, like, have fun, stupid, inconsequential arguments, which is also something that I kind of miss. Like, imagine instead of arguing over politics and arguing over health policy and stuff like that, if we can just get back to, like, our guy's better than yours in the context of football, like, give me that all day long like give me something just stupid to focus on and i'm so 
so looking forward to that between you know the in-state rivalries for us here with Iowa the rivalries that we've really developed in the Big 12 you know we were talking about um the kind of trophies that we'd love to see you know give me another like ridiculous like disgusting contentious game with K-State don't give me another like pulled flag like none of that please I'm begging you like I don't know if I could handle that again but like the rest of it all day like in my veins I'll take I I was about to say like I'll really take anything you'll throw at me but like almost like some of the stuff that's happened I was saying over the past couple years like it might be the last straw like I might have to take some time off football but as long as we don't have any more like triple rain delays, picked up penalty flags, like give me the normal weird stuff, like a questionable no call. That's fine. Like everything else is a little bit too Iowa state for me, but the rivalries, like the contentious, the arguments that actually in the end don't mean anything. I could use more of that. So I, I, I thought long and hard about this and I wanted to make it a big 12 thing specific, but then I just came to, I love midweek, Thursday night, not Power 5 games. Give me Western Kentucky and Ohio, Miami of Ohio. Give me (laughs) North Texas versus Louisiana, okay? I, I will watch that first week when it comes back. Not week one, just whenever it comes back. Whatever... G5, bottom of the barrel, low scoring game, I will take it in. I love those games. I love watching a two-lane game against, I don't know, Louisiana Tech on a Wednesday night, and I want that. I want that midweek. It's just, it's, it's not the best. It's like... It's like you're going to have a, you know, a great meal on Saturday. You know what you're going to going to have this full like seafood buffet. Okay? <laughs> you're doing it right. Okay? You're going to plastic bib it up. You're going <laughs> to dig in. You're going to be cracking and breaking and dipping and buttering and having a good all time. But you just you just want that on Saturday. You can't quite get there. You know what I'm going to have on Wednesday night for dinner? Some catfish. Why? Because it may not be a seafood buffet, but a nice piece of catfish. Nice fried piece of catfish from some dive restaurant. That's fine with me. Okay, I can use it because that'll get me. It's like it's like a little little just tied me over. Those little midweek whatever games, where when you miss it, you're watching highlights of it on ESPN and Twitter the next day, going, "Oh my gosh, what did I miss?" I love those games. I miss those games. I want those games as much as I want Big Twelve and Power Five and marquee matchups. Give me those games that aren't going to matter on the national stage at all. They are just, they're just that little, they're that little piece of fried catfish from that old shut down gas station that's been selling it because they pull out of the river behind it for the last 10 years. And you know, it's so good. It ain't high end, but it's delicious. You know, my favorite part of those games too is like finding the most arbitrary reason that suddenly you have a rooting interest. Like oh. someone's stats will pop up and you're like, 
they're from down, you know, they're from a couple towns away from me. Like, I am suddenly the biggest fan of this person who I had never heard of 10 minutes prior. And now that is my only focus for the rest of the night. <laughs> or you find out, uh, like, you see one of the head coach, you go, oh, I don't like to look at him. Yeah. You guys need to lose. Let's lose. Or you get one obnoxious fan in the crowd. You're like, look at that douchebag. You guys need to lose. I want to see. You're, you're not even cheering for the one team. No. You're just cheering avidly against the I just the other want one. that one guy they won't stop taking like, shots of. I want of you upset. I surrender Cobra. Want. <laughs> yes. I want you to surrender Cobra. I need to see that so badly. Yeah. Or you get a guy. Again, I was. I forget what Tulane game it was. There was a former Oklahoma State player that had transferred over there. And part of me should have been like, bah. I was watching, he was going off, and I'm just going, mm, good for you, good for you, good for you. I'm enjoying this. This is nice. I mean, this is a fun game. I just, I want some of that. I want some of that. Hook that, hook that up. Give it to me. Uh, Jamie, what else you got? Uh, man. Uh, I know that I'm excited to hear if uh, there's some good news coming anytime soon. I think we're due for something good. I think we are due for something good. I do. I need. I need to. I need it. Like as a as an OSU, I need an OSU win. I got Matthew Wolf finishing second at the whatever golf tournament just ended because I can't think of the <laughs> Rocket Mortgage to Douchebo. Yeah, I said douche. I don't care. I'm not a fan of his beefcake. Uh, I got OSU's TBT team getting knocked out in the first round because. Literally, the team that was supposed to go. Hey, the team that was supposed to be in there didn't even get to go because they had multiple corona positive coronavirus tests, and then some other guys who were like, "Maybe we should just not play." So I went from a team with like nine or ten Oklahoma State alums to three, and it was soul crushing because there's LeBron Nash being senior year LeBron Nash doing everything he can to win, and it not mattering, and them getting beat by double digits, and I just was like, "Well, My that was fiance a nice walk realized- down." memory land i didn't need yeah he realized that um the team from iowa didn't make the final field and he was like absolutely devastated because there's not an exclusive like iowa state team anymore last year or the year before they started iowa united so it's just like all the iowa schools anyone who's from iowa anyone who has a connection and we like them and they're some of our favorite people and they actually could have been, you know, maybe potentially halfway decent this year after a pretty rough showing last year and they didn't make the final cut. So we're looking at the field and I was like, oh yeah, the tournament starts today. And he looks and he's like, he's like the Iowa team didn't even make it in. I'm like, well, yeah, they, they cut it down. And he's like, I don't even want to watch, but <laughs> of course it's live sports. So we watched, but yeah, let's. I mean, frankly, maybe that's a good thing. Like, if this tournament goes off with like minimal hitch, feels kind of good. It 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 would be. It would be. I mean, it's, it's a very different scenario than college basketball, but oh no, but it's something. <laughs> that's all I'm looking for right now is something. Um, I really need. You know what I need? I don't need. I don't need. And I, I, you know, you don't want to complain about something you want to come back. But could I go? Whatever, whatever thing. And it's it's Mike Gundy's mullet, 
It was uh, Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley rooming together. It was, did you know Marcus Smart and Phil Forte were friends before they got to Oklahoma State? Whatever the one single nugget of information every broadcast crew has to point out, like, did you know that we found out (laughs) about this information and are now delivering it to you? the people who are watching this game, who are predominantly fans of this team, who are fully and aware of this piece of information, but we're saying it like we've only discovered it recently. And it sounds really <laughs> smart to the like eight people who don't actually watch your team on a regular basis in this national champion, this national televised game. Did you, did you know about, no, no, it's week 10. I had no idea. None of us knew. None of us friggin' knew. No one knew. Thank you so much. Oh, did you all take pictures with mullets? Oh my gosh, you are hilarious. Bravo. This is oh, so original. It's like throwing your own toga party in 2020. Okay? Stop. Stop it. Once you hear other, like, two or three broadcast crews do it, be like, you know what we should do? What? Not that. Something, anything. Find any other nugget of information that isn't readily available anywhere and use that in the game. Okay? Just give me, just give me a break from people being like, Haha, "Mullets? Did you know who else has a mullet?" Yeah, rednecks, country singers from the '90s, and a few other players in college. But don't need it. 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 I don't need to know that Chuba's from Canada. We're all very well aware of that fact. Thank you. If you don't know that yet, did you know he's from Canada? No shit. Okay, he's not the only player on the team. Okay, thanks. Like, find something. Where I'm like, oh crap, I didn't know that. You can do that to an Oklahoma State per- to someone who covers the team. I will bravo, applaud, applaud, sir, applaud. But I don't just mean no issue. I just mean like period. I don't need that piece of information that we're going to hear over and over and over. The, the George so Niang and Nerlens Noel uh, oh. teammate tidbit, yeah. Well, oh. and that's what like it's it's great because like for me. I know the team, like when I cover women's basketball, I know the team so well that I don't have to fall into that stuff. And then I'll talk to like the opposing team's crew and we'll just be having a normal conversation. And I'll mention something that isn't like that one tidbit that everyone knows. And they'll like write it down immediately. Like, wait, you said, like I said, one, I told one crew, I said something about, oh yeah, you know, Ashley Jones, star player for Iowa State, her family, yeah, I know over break, she works for her family's restaurant over at Iowa City. They're like, really? Her family owns a restaurant? She works there? Really? And I'm like, yeah, that's something you haven't heard on a broadcast before. By all means, like, use it, because it's it's something different. You're welcome. <laughs> Was that so hard? <laughs> Jamie out here doing the Lord's work. Let's just say that. Um Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just find, find, do your real homework. I understand it's tough for these guys who are covering a new game every week, sometimes multiple games. I got to do a lot of research, got to have a lot of things available. I get all that. But if you're going to do those nuggets of information, save it for the fourth quarter in a blowout. Don't be giving it to me in a tight game. I don't need it as filler during a timeout in the third or the second quarter. Okay, I'm still thoroughly engaged in the game. I don't need that. I don't need that. Give me a factoid that actually is interesting. Like, oh, did you see this about third downs? No, that's really good. I didn't really. I wasn't aware of that stat. Thank you, stats. Like, just, hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay. Uh, I also I do one other thing for announcers, and this is for fun. Um, I'm very looking forward to the mispronunciations again. I 
feels so bad, but nothing makes me laugh harder than mispronunciations by like announcers. I went to, uh, who was it? I was at the Liberty Bowl for OSU Missouri, and which player? I think it was Taylor Cornelius, and they kept calling him Tyler. It was the friggin', it was the friggin' quarterback, and they kept calling him. And then you had the whole OSU side of the stadium after a while because this guy having in the the in stadium oh, announcer no. did it for a full quarter and a half, and you'd hear he'd be like Taylor, it's Tyler. You just hear the whole OSU side just yell at about, about midway to second quarter. Um, his name is Taylor. Like finally corrects himself. He's like, no shit. Maybe you know, prepare. Uh, but I want those. I need those. That's I love funny. That's funny because it reminds me of I did that. Like I heard the same thing at a road game. I was on the radio and I could hear the PA announcer through my headset continuously mispronouncing one of our players names and I like it would distract me I couldn't even <laughs> handle it like I would just kind of side eye like are you are you kidding me like you get pronouncers really you like get yeah pronouncers. we sit there before the game everyone you go up you talk to like you are given a sheet with the phonetic <laughs> pronunciation and then generally You'll talk to their SID or whoever their media contact is to go over anything difficult. And like, I get it. Iowa State's had like a couple students in the, the past few years. Like the team that I cover, we've had girls from like not the U.S. So, oh my gosh, all of a sudden you not have foreign okay. names that you have like to figure out. But holy, there's there's not that big of a roster oh man look i get it uh it's unfair that i can say amen ogbong bamiga as easily as i can but it's fun i like i'm not even annoyed by it like as a fan in that game i was as a watcher as someone who's watching tv and realizing they're saying the name wrong it just it puts a little like uh oh they're just like us (laughs) sweetheart oh that's just mm, that's work this is your uh, job, and that's what you're doing. I see. I see you. Jamie, this has been fun. Um, do me a favor. For anyone who wants to uh, check out the work you do covering Iowa State or anything else, including some jewelry. You've been out here, <laughs> you're here selling some some jewels, promoting some other like handmade Etsy-level kinds of stuff. And I don't yes. mean that as an insult. I mean that, like, <laughs> you know, props to anybody who wants to make stuff and sell it. That's not easy. Uh, where can they uh, where can they check all that out? Yes, please. Um, find me on Twitter at jsteyz, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. My content production will be ramping up here soon. We are moving for my fiance's job, which means that my job will no longer exist. So uh, I'll be I'll be writing stuff, making stuff probably posted all sorts of things that's uh that's at least my goal and if i say it here in public that means that i have to be held accountable so keep a lookout sweet uh you can follow me personally at OKTXAR poke make sure and follow the show on twitter at 1012 podcast t-e-n the number 12 the word podcast uh give us a follow on instagram it's 1012 pod t-e-n one two p-o-d we have exclusive Content that we will post there. If you did not check out our episode from last week, 
It went up on Thursday. No, it went up on Friday. I understand. It was a holiday weekend. It is understandable if you missed it. Former Iowa State running back Blaze Bryant. I don't care if you're an Iowa State fan or not. It was a fantastic interview. Lots of great stories. Really funny and interesting guy. Lot to talk about. It was really fun. I think you all would enjoy it. As long as you just, if you like college football or NFL or just hearing people talk about stuff. Like just interesting people talking about stuff. I do very little talking. He does 90% of the talking. It is a ton That's of fun. That's a selling point right there. Yes. No, absolutely. It damn well is. <laughs> So what this show is supposed to be built on. Uh, me doing minimal work, everyone else carrying the show for me. But if you haven't yet, go back, check it out. Blaze Bryant, Iowa State running back. It was it was fantastic. Uh, with that said, we might be back later this week. My daughter might be born. We'll find out. Um, so in that case, we'll talk to you again soon. Podcast Network.